State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's good, everybody? It is our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival. And we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. Y'all, sometimes it's not until you read somebody's story that you really get to know who they are versus little clips here and there that we see on social media. And so it makes you um, have compassion. It makes you lean in and it makes you want to know more about this person. And I'm loving how she continues to stand and advocate for things as it relates to social justice. And she kind of goes into some areas where people might tell her, you need to mind your own business. Reality TV stars should have no place in areas of social justice. But we've seen her out in those streets as it relates to advocating for Black lives. Um, We know that Black lives matter. And um, she was out there on the front lines along with some others. And um, she is going to be checking in today. We've got some similar stories um, that kind of parallel each other. So I just want you guys to just kind of sit back and tune in and listen with your hearts. Y'all, I'm telling you, the episodes keep getting better and better, as some folks in the South say, gooder and gooder. I'm so happy today to be welcoming television personality, actress, author, entrepreneur, and civil rights advocate. She's got a brand new book out called The Pursuit of Portia. Y'all, welcome the lovely, gorgeous Portia (laughs) Williams. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on your podcast. Thank you for uh, having me. I'm excited to have your bright energy here. Your hair is gorgeous. Thank you. I just went shorter. You can rock short, long bobs of shoulder length. That is what's your favorite? What do you think is your favorite length? You know what? I I really love the short. I really love the short. The only thing is that I just I don't really know how to curl it. So like I look like real cute. Like, you know, I'm giving my little Halloween today. But then like by the third day, it's like giving crackhead Halloween. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do so, we do? Yeah, I'm like, okay, I don't know. So I'm I'm starting to learn though. I have more time at home. So I've been starting to learn how to like mold it down and stuff. So yeah. Come on. <laughs> the people don't realize I went short 
gosh, 10, 12, I don't know, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It almost seems like it's more maintenance. Oh, yeah. Longer hair. Because long hair, you can just put two plaits oh, in just it. Pop it on. You know, I have a hair company. Go that's right. That's hair. right. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> but I'm sorry, y'all. When two girly girls are on, you can't help but be like, oh, my gosh. Her exactly. hair is beautiful. Congratulations on the pursuit of Portia. Thank I'm excited you. because you mix your journey, you talk about your faith, you talk about the good times, the bad times, and you're able to reflect on your life. And there's nothing more awesome for mm-hmm. you to be here with us, alive to tell your story. Absolutely. Because what happens is other people tell it for you. And right. the story's in your own words. Tell us right. how, what made you say, you know what, I'm going to write this book. Right. And you know what? That's the good thing about being able to do your memoir. You know, I'm I'm 40, so I'm not I haven't lived my whole life yet. You know, I have more like to live. So Mm -hmm. some people will say, well, why are you doing a memoir now? It was just time. Like, you know, when the pandemic hit, we were all in the house and believe it or not, honey, you had to just get to know you because you know what I mean? Like you got your mate, you get sick of looking at them, you know, you're dealing with the kids. And at some point during that quarantine, I think we all had a moment where we just did some self-reflecting and just truly got to know us. We really got familiar with self-care and prioritizing yourself. And me during that time, I started to look over my life and look over my experiences and think about where I wanted to go when we finished the quarantine and all of that. And I got approached about the book and a couple of years prior, and I just wasn't ready yet. It just, it was so many different things that I wanted to speak to, but I had not really found my voice yet to do it, or I didn't really know the vehicle in which to do it. And um, when I got approached around that time in quarantine, I said, you know what, I'm going to begin this journey now. And so I started it then and it was hard. It really was, you know, it was completely therapeutic. It felt like the longest therapy session ever. Okay. But (laughs) it was, it was, it was a blessing. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I made it through, you know, being able to tell my true testimony and be completely open. Well, I mean, you start your book with a warning in the introduction. If you thought you knew my life after watching me on reality TV, get in and buckle your seatbelt because it's about to get really real. And that ain't no joke. I mean, you shared so you shared your soul in this book. So when you say because it's about to get really real, how much more real you going to get because of quote unquote reality TV and we know that word to have the word real in it, but you're like yeah, but that can be chopped, screwed, cut. I'm right. going to give you this me all the way through. And you've had to deal so much in your life, including mental health issues. That was the foundation of my podcast, Checking In. Yes, I love folks coming in here. We promote your book. We give you uh, this amazing not give, we share an amazing platform for people to come in, promote. Mm-hmm. But the basis, the this was birthed out of my own mental health journey. And just in reading your book, my heart went out to the little girl in you. Mm-hmm. Because you contemplated suicide as a child. Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out, okay, y'all got to get the book because I don't want to get, you get descriptive. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you were talking about that, 
Did it bring up anything in you where you were like, you know what? I got to pencil that in for Thursday at 11. I got to talk to my therapist about it. Right. <laughs> you know, when I first decided to revisit that particular moment, because I knew I was going to talk about depression as a child, yes. feeling this sadness as a child and working through why I could have felt that, what role or what area was my mom in when these things were happening. Um, I wanted to be responsible with it. So the only way I could truly be responsible with that story is to be 100% honest about every detail. So that's why in the book, I'm so detailed in walking you into that particular moment. So you can yes. see what my childhood was like and to see that I did have a mom who loved me and supported me and, you know, did the best she could with me. So it's not always about being neglected or having an absentee parent. I was a child who had the love and support of my mother. But for me, my personal experience, for some reason, I felt hopeless. I felt really alone. Um, and it's all because at the time I, that I can think of now. I didn't know what an introvert was. I didn't know what depression was. I didn't know that these feelings were normal. I didn't know that, you know, as a child, you don't even have the ability to think sometimes outside of that small bubble of people who bully you at school to getting home and feeling like you're disappointing your mom. You're not even thinking about life after you are, you know, over 10 years old. You're everything. Mm. Your world is so small. And my world had just got that small because I was an introvert. And, you know, that came with its good and its bad. I, part of it was I was always alone. So I was, became very creative. You know, I had my own Porsche show and I just became as personality. By the way, you sharing that was absolutely <laughs> adorable. Y'all, she talks about how she <laughs> created this faux kind of like home show. Shopping network. <laughs> shopping network. But y'all, I feel like you guys that are listening Many of y'all can identify with how you feel like when you're at school, you don't fit in that school. So you mentioned you could not wait to get home. And create your own world. Because in that <laughs> world, everyone cheers for you. Everyone understands you. They don't see your flaws as a bad thing, you know, and the things that I was being teased about and bullied about at school. And, you know, for me, I feel like even though I don't have the exact reasons of why children suffer through depression, I do feel it's a conversation that needed to be had. Yes. You know, we are plagued with that. Even now, a lot of young children who've committed suicide. So it's a conversation that parents need to have with their kids, you know, and, and, and just kind of do a check in, as you say, with mm -hmm. them mentally and see how they're coping with life, because you got to respect their world. It's all relative to their world. You know, we as adults, sometimes we don't respect kids and how they feel because it's like, oh, you a child. I'm over here paying bills. I'm over here dealing with, with your daddy and whatever. But in their world, we have to respect their experience and let and allow them to express themselves. So I wanted to create that conversations for other parents and a, and a safe space for kids or teenagers who may read my book to say, you know what? I feel like I want to talk to my mom about this because Portia wasn't strong enough to. And I can. Maybe that'll help me out and help me find a different avenue or way to deal with how I'm feeling. Wow. And the great thing is what you've learned now. I know your daughter is, she's not even five years old. Y'all you know, no. right? not like talking to each other like right. that. But I'm, I, what I do know about you is that you are affirming her. But the great thing about what you've gone through is you'll be able to create that safe space 
for your daughter should she find herself in a low point? Because in school, when you're growing up, when you when you're at that age, you don't know if it's puberty. I didn't know if it was growing pains, mm-hmm. what it was. Like you said, depression and suicide, um, mental illness. That wasn't in my word bank. Right. Mm-hmm. I knew of pneumonia, lupus, cancer. Right. Right. But not that word depression. No, and you're not even thinking about it as something that can be treated. You're not even thinking about ways to deal and cope with those feelings when they come because they just don't go away. You deal with them when they come. So mm-hmm. things that tools that we have now is our faith. You know, when you become hopeless, you think about how God has shown up through you in the past and you know he will bring you through. There will be brighter days. And those same values and same principles that help guide us in our faith, we have to share that with our kids as well and let them know how valuable life is and how permanent death is. So once we start to empower them and give them more information about the world that they're living in, then I think you can value because at the time, I mean, I. I could not have understood that if I would have ended my life, that would have been the end. And the Porsche you see now would never have existed, you know. So, you know, it, it you, you have to get to a place where you can have these open conversations with our kids. And it's very important, especially with social media. I cannot stress that enough. You know, my daughter has a social media page. She's only three, but I definitely will be teaching her these things and empowering her when she enters that world. Because it's, it's going to happen. You know what I mean? But it can be very um it can be very depressing to kids on social media. So they need to have these tools too. You're so right because the trolling and depending on what day they catch you, Portia, I know for me, depending on what day you catch me, some of that stuff can maybe ring true, even though you know it's a lie, but it stings. Right. It, mm-hmm. it hurts. So if it can hurt as an adult who we know how to cope, we've gone to therapy, so we know how to ignore and hashtag be unbothered. For a child who doesn't have those tools, Mm -hmm. it's absolutely heartbreaking. What is your answer to people who say, I'm sure you've at least read it once or it's been said once. Well, you have everything. What did you have to be, what do you have to be depressed about? Even talking about postpartum depression, I've read where where you and so many other people that I know who I'm in relationship with who are public figures, you talk about postpartum depression, mm-hmm. but it's like people don't want to let you be that human. You're a human first. Right. Without mm-hmm. everything. Right. The person who is at home in Waukesha, I don't even know if it's a really city. <laughs> right. Montana. Mm-hmm. It's like you would think they can identify and say, man, I understand what you're going through with postpartum depression because I went through it. But mm-hmm. it's like they almost accuse you of whining, W-H-I-N-I. You, but you have an Annie. You right. shouldn't have postpartum right. depression. That irks me. Yeah. Because it takes away your humanity and it takes away the fact that you wanted to be bold and share that. Yeah, it, it, and it could. I think... First things first is to deal with your mindset and and how you deal with comments about you. In my journey, I suffered because I often let people tell me who I was. Um, I believed everything they said about me. And most what I believed the most was the most negative things that they would say about me. 
I could only see myself through other people's eyes. So part of my journey and coming to my power now and, and understanding who I am and my value is I now speak better of even myself. And so I trust myself. I have, I know I have value. So what people say about me, it doesn't carry as much weight as it has in the past. And if you okay. ever think about your life in the past, when someone has spoken about you, it stings. You know why? Because we often say some of the most horrible things to ourselves as well. So nine times out of 10, what that commenter is saying is only echoing some mess you've told yourself. So when you change the way you communicate with yourself, then it will not resonate with you. And you will instantly hear the hatred, the deflection, because most of the people are saying stuff about you. That's what they're dealing with. You will begin to um, see social media for what it is. It is a space to either advertise or share something about your personal life. You do not have to accept what's being mm. given back to you. Just like here, we have to live in the world, right? I can't just be in my bedroom 24 seven and say, oh, I have mental peace now. That's not real. I have to present myself to the world, but I have to also be armored. And the way I armor myself and the way we should honor, armor our children is to teach them affirmations. You need, to, if you have a negative thought, which you will, each one, you need to be saying three other positive things about yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Start celebrating things about yourself more. You know, I, I was watching... TD Jakes the other day, but there's another thing that I've been doing recently to help with my mental health is, and I'm in a great person life, but I still deal with things. I've decided to watch what enters into my spirit. So what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, all of it. So the other day I was watching TD Jakes and he spoke about how we often in life just go around and just, we just take every negativity as a sponge. Like we wake up in the morning, we're ready to suck up negativity. What anybody has to say bad. If we go through something bad, we live in it. I mean, we live in that bad thing for like a whole week. We call our friends to talk about something negative. We call an auntie, we call our mama, anybody. We're we giving to, energy to energy. It. If you talk to somebody about, and they're talking positive, like, no, I want a kiki. I want to talk about this negative. He said the same energy you get, have given in the past to negative things about you. You need to celebrate the good things about you. You know, if you, even if it's as small as you've made it through a whole week without feeling depressed, celebrate that. Celebrate that. I'm talking about, I want you to go out on that Friday and go out with your girls and say, I have had a great week mentally this week. This has been great for me. Celebrating been, those milestones. Celebrate any milestone in your life. I don't care what it is. Just like when you win this NAACP for your podcast, girl, I want you to celebrate it all of 2022. Woo! Don't let that. They're going to tell you, girl, you won that in the beginning of the year. I don't care. OK, because if it was something bad, you'd still be talking about it at the end of the year, too. So I'm going to talk about my positive. Come on, Portia, ladies and gentlemen. She is also adding evangelist to her resume. <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> no, 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 no. Did y'all hear what this woman said? <laughs> she said, sometimes what people say about you can affect you because it's something that you spoke to yourself as well. Oh, yes, absolutely. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. 
They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, everybody, this is Carrie Champion, and I'm here to announce that the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards on April 27th. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support Black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with your Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and have it shared with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event you want to be at. You don't want to miss it because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a Day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease okay you also share in your book the pursuit of Portia that you felt that in the first season of Real Housewives you were so surprised in how you were portrayed but you managed to turn that I can just hear your mindset that was the key word mindset so Mm -hmm. we don't have to even go into that unless you want but I think you did already how you turned that into a positive um, experience for yourself did someone help you with mindset or did just something happen to where you said you have to tell your story yourself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and thankful that you did. 
you know, I, in the beginning, starting on Housewives, you know, I had to lean on people who had already been doing this stuff. So, you know, the first year I called Nene, I called Cynthia. I'm like, y'all, what is this? They hate me. I'm dumb. What's going on? Like, I had never experienced that. You know, girl, I mean, you've been a star your whole life, but me, I've been regular folk, okay? Stop. And I am not used to people walking around, walking up to me saying, you dumb, or walking up to me saying, I don't like you, or, I don't like your husband. That's not normal. So when social media was doing all that, I was like, okay, I'm confused here. So really, I, I had to just mm. bear down. You know, I knew that it was a great opportunity for me to make a name for myself. Mm-hmm. It was a great platform. And I didn't know that this platform was something I was going to use for something outside of Housewives, something outside of myself, but it ended up being that way. So, you know, I just, I really just leaned on the women that were, had been there and I just put my head down and kept pushing forward. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Y'all, we have covered so much and it's only been 20 minutes. It's kind of <laughs> like we are, we're flowing through and I, I promise you I've got three <laughs> more questions, but I know she's going to say something because a girlfriend of mine, I told her I was interviewing you mm-hmm. and um, she resonated so well about your marriage mm-hmm. and how controlling it was. Mm-hmm. What words of encouragement would you have to anyone listening? Because when you're in it, it can sometimes feel like there's no way out of it. Right. So for me, you know, at the time when I was married, I was very, I was very religious. Now I'm more spiritual. At the time, I really was religious. So being a biblical wife was very important to me, which was a great thing at the time. It was a great tool to help lead me where I needed to be for Portia. Okay. And I say that just because my mother was amazing. She always told me to pray my way through. She always led me back to what, what she felt and what God would want me to do as a wife. So when my husband was letting me down, for whatever reason, she would tell me, you pray for him. You pray for your marriage. You pray your way through. And that's what I did. I was a grand wife, you know, and it helped me kind of separate myself from what he was doing and just really concentrate on my covenant with God. You know, it's threefold, my husband, God, and myself. And he was disappointing me, my husband. So I said, I'm going to have to lean on God. And You know, the biggest part to me when it came to divorce, I just didn't want to disappoint God. I didn't want to have a divorce. I didn't want the failure of it all. But I had to release Mm. myself from all of that. I had to forgive myself even before I did it. And I had to know that I was doing it for me, my future children, and maybe to release him too. Because if clearly, if you feel you need to control me, I'm not the person that you need And so I just had to understand that God is forgiving. God is going to reward me for the type of wife that I was and just move on with my life. Deal with the hurt. You know, I took time to mourn my marriage. Listen, even though it wasn't the best marriage and he and I didn't have the best, you know, feel good about each other, it still was a loss. So just understand Mm -hmm. you're going to go through it. But that's the thing. You're going through it. You don't have to stay right there. When it's time for you to rebuild yourself, 
you rebuild yourself. When it's time for you to laugh again, you laugh again. Date again, you date again. Have kids, the kids will come. So just don't get so boggled down with thinking it is the end of the world. Mm, God that's so good. The life that you want, the life that you desire, he has it for you. All you have to do is keep moving forward, putting one foot in front of the other. She only told y'all what she went through and where she is. And now she said the children will come. Yeah. You have an amazing baby girl. Yeah. And you're in a brand new, well, I wouldn't say new, I mean, new a new relationship, a new love with an amazing future ahead. And thank you for sharing. Not only thank you for sharing about your marriage, but thank you for advocating and talking about an issue that affects Black women's health more than what we know. Yes. Fibroids. Mm-hmm. We think that I remember seeing my mom with a heating pad during her uh-huh. time. Yep, probably those painful periods. Yeah, for the gentleman that's listening, sorry, but you no, need to know need this to too. too. I, I was gonna say y'all need to learn this too. Periods aren't supposed to be painful, nor are you supposed to be soaking through the devices that you use yeah the blankets for the bed (laughs) (laughs) you're not supposed to be soaking through them and you decided to share yeah that as well Mm -hmm. out of everything what made you decide to also share that well that is you know that fibroids is something that has plagued me my my whole life you know well Mm. from from childbearing years in the beginning you know when I was married till now I just recently had fibroembolization done, which is where they go in from right here on the hip and Mm -hmm. they just basically kill off the blood supply to the fibroids in hopes that the fibroids would just die. Because I have been silently suffering from these fibroids. I've been fatigued where I don't want to get out of bed on days on end, um, back pains, terribly painful menstrual cycles. And just bloating. I mean, I looked like I was about three to four months pregnant. Everybody kept saying, is she pregnant? Is she pregnant? You know, so it was very depressing. I've been going through that for the last two and a half years since they got bigger after I gave birth to my daughter. And I feel so much better after having the fibroembolization. So for me, it's just all about us African-American women, us women, period. But African-American women are plagued with this at higher percentages for not getting these fibroids treated. The doctors do not ask you. They're not going to volunteer this information. So we have to advocate for ourselves. If we know that it's something that is killing us and stopping us from having babies in the future and having to go through miscarriages, C-sections, all kinds of complications, from fibroids, then we all need to speak up about it. When I started speaking about it, I learned that so many women in my family had it. And I almost was looking at them like, now why you ain't tell me? Isn't that something? (laughs) But that's the era of black families. We have to tell our kids or I'm 42, but I still feel I'm a child. My mother will be 70 this year. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we got to ask our parents, grandparents, now, what are some of the silent things y'all have been suffering and ailing with right. so that I so that I can know when I go to, to the hospital or, you know, when you go to the doctor's office and they check, check all yeah. that apply. 
I won't know what applies if we don't talk about the sicknesses and various illnesses that run in your family. But that's the important thing, Michelle, is for us to speak about these things so that the stigma is taken off. The stigma is taken off. You know, Black women are known as being so strong to where we can't own up to mental health issues. We can't own up to issues with fertility. We can't own up to maybe being uh, uh, mentally abused or physically abused. It's a stigma around all of it for our community community so that we can still be the pillar of strength for our community, but we are silently suffering. Yes. So what we have to do is speak about these things at any chance we can get so that we can take that away and understand that we are women, we are human, and we deal with things that we cannot control and our bodies aren't supposed to do this or supposed to do that. Children are made in all kinds of ways. You may end up adopting, you may end up, you know, having a surrogate or whatever many, many different ways to bring life into the world. But we women need to understand that there's no perfect way for it to be done, but we got to advocate about it. So that everybody feels comfortable with sitting in the doctor's office and demanding, check my uterus for fibroids, you know? That's right. This could turn into a whole health minute for the latter part of this book. You give us life with your one-liners on your shows, <laughs> but when you announce that you are departing the Housewife franchise to pursue your other endeavors, you've got your hair company, Go Naked Hair. One thing I've always said about Portia, that face is going to be beat, okay? <laughs> and, that, and that hair, no matter how she chooses to wear it, is going to be amazing. Your company, your hair Thank company you. is called Go Naked Hair, and you have a bedding company called Pampered by Portia. Yes. Y'all, this is another definition of multiple streams of income. Yes. <laughs> Class is in session. Okay. So this takes me back to in your book when you were talking about how you would go and do your um, fake home shopping network shows. Yeah. You have two companies, and I, I, I want to see you on the home shopping networks, but Pampered by Portia and Go Naked Hair. Those are two things that are very true to you. You yes. love home decor and you mm-hmm. love hair. So congratulations yes. on that. I know you've had these for a couple of years now, but I want to tell my listeners, you guys, that she goes beyond the clips that we see on social media, various TV shows or, or right. things that are dug up that happens to be part of her personal life. Mm-hmm. But you have some businesses. Yes. Go naked hair. Come on, share, share. So the biggest thing for me when I talk about business and and people wanting to be an entrepreneur is even if it's something that you're passionate about. Um, Even before I even thought about being an entrepreneur, my mother always told me, if you're going to do something, I don't care what it is, you be the best at it. When I worked at Blockbusters, my movies and the horror section was lined up perfectly. When I worked at Linen and Things, you knew exactly where the king pillows were. Linen and Things. And all that. Yes. She took it back. I used to be working right at Linen and Things. So my I learned that be the best at what you're doing. And the best way for me to do it is to get into something I'm passionate about. So when I got my divorce, you know, you kind of down and out. You got you look insecure. And for me, when I got back into the workforce and then jo- and was still on Housewives, it was like, I gotta fake it till I make it. I gotta get, you know, feel like that 
that that empowered woman and and right now I'm broken and I started expressing myself through my hair you know I would have curly hair I felt fun and flirty if I had a bob it kind of put me into this character of being a boss and handling business and I wanted to empower other women through that so that's how the hair company really got started Mm -hmm. and then the pamper by um, Portia Sheets company got started because my mother loves her bed okay she I grew up with her we used to hang out in her bed 24 7 we were close and I just love the feel of her sheets. She knows that even when she would leave as a grown woman, I would nap in her bed because of her sheets mm. and how it smelled. And so she came over to my house for about five years ago, four or five years ago. She said, try these sheets. She put them on my bed. And I was like, I don't want to try those sheets. I got my sheets. You know, my sheets come from, you know, I got the 1600 thread count. This and right. That. She put them on my bed. I woke up the next day. I'm like, mommy, what sheets were those again? And she introduced me to the manufacturer and that's how I started the sheet company. But it's because they feel like sheets that my mother, that I grew up on in my mother's bed. They're so soft. They have that kind of Jersey cotton feel like they, I mean, they they sleep nice and cool. Like they're just great quality sheets and the price is great. So these are businesses that are come close from my heart. My mother, something we enjoy and hair, which is something that helps me express myself. Come on, come on. I'm so excited. Okay, Portia has no idea that I am doing this, but to those who are listening, I know Miss Tina, she always would tell us, make Uh sure you buy expensive mattresses. Yeah, because that's where you're going to spend a lot of your time. right? (laughs) So you need something to put on the mattress. Right. Uh So I want to gift some listeners some pampered by Portia sheets. Oh, she got, that's she got, awesome. Honey, she she got colors like eggplant, which is purple. She got white. She got gray. <laughs> yes. So all you have to do is DM me on my Instagram and tell me that you listened to the episode. Okay. And we're going to make sure that you get some pampered by Oh, Portia. that is so sweet, Michelle. Thank you. Yes, because I feel like a part of checking in and the foundation of this podcast was about mental health. And to me, how, you, how you're able to sleep and the quality of your sleep, I think can also make a great impact on the health of our mental Absolutely. And and, the, and it works for those days when you just don't want to get out of bed. Okay. Yes. Let's be yes. real. <laughs> yes. So we're going to give some folks um, with some sheets um, by Pamper by Portia. She does also have a hair company. And if you feel like, all right, these sheets are nice. But I want this Brazilian wavy. I'll throw in. I'll, if you, if you, we got you over there. We we got you over there too. Yes. So it's, it's either or. You want sheets or some hair. So uh, we'll uh, uh, please, please, please DM me and tell me that you listened to the episode. That's why I wait to the end of the episode to announce the that. giveaways because it lets me know that you listened to the mm-hmm. episode. And so thankful for you and your time. Aww. I'll come back anytime. I listen. Okay. I love you. I have so as soon as they told me Michelle Williams, I'm like absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Because you're a queen who Aww. has fought through so much. <laughs> you are so talented, and you are just sharing information that we need for the next generation. So I am so appreciative of you having me on as a guest. Thank so, you, thank you. And I do live in Atlanta. I've kind of been here very quietly. Okay, okay. When we can't, let's get together. I love those pillows in the background. Yeah, the gray. Yeah, this, this. Oh, I love it. Now I, you gotta I, come over. You gotta come to dinner at my new. Okay. Place. 
I'm excited. And y'all, we're going to have some really girly, girly girl conversations that you guys won't be able to know about. (laughs) Thank you, Portia, for coming in. You've shared so much. I'm excited about your book, The Pursuit of Portia, and all things that you have going for you and continue just being a light that you are. And I'm excited about what's next. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who's listening. (laughs) this conversation with Portia was fun. It's good that you can sit and talk with people. We know reality TV to be fun, scandalous, and it can create people to have their favorites. When I say people, I mean viewers. Um, We can watch reality TV and before you know it, we have our favorites, then you have the villains and, you know, and so we also cannot forget that um, folks on reality TV They are human as well. And some of them, when I say this, I don't meet Portia, but we we know a lot of folks on reality TV who've been able to play the game and kind of come out on top no matter what the public feels about them. So I chose to focus on things of Portia that maybe other interviewers don't focus on. Um, She's got so many great things And I hope that that continues to be illuminated. You know what I mean? She's smart. She's bright. She's bubbly. Fun personality. And so I'm glad that we got a chance to spend some moments and talk about things in her book. Like I said, you never know what a person's upbringing was or what they're going through. And I think we share our stories as well with the public to let you guys know as well. Like there's really not much difference between you and I other than the homes we grew up in, but there are certain elements of all of our home lives that were the same. Now, did everybody grow up in a dysfunctional home? Absolutely not. I know people who are like, oh my gosh, my house was just full of love. Okay. So like I said, you probably did not grow up in a dysfunctional home, but lots of us have experienced loss in some way. We've experienced some type of betrayal. We've been humiliated. We've been embarrassed. We've been saddened. And if you did not have the tools on how to come out of that and how it can make you feel, yes, depression sets in, anxiety sets in, behaviors that include self-harm step in because you don't know how to cope and handle with the pain. So I am so glad that she is sharing her life with us and her story. And I'm also going to be a safe place. I'm not going to ask the questions that could be humiliating. That's not what this platform is about. Thank you guys for, as you are listening, and I can tell by the type of people that respond to my podcast that you're a safe place for me as well. And so I really, really, really appreciate that. Y'all keep checking in. And thanks again for helping my podcast be an NAACP nominated podcast. I really appreciate that. Y'all keep checking in. Remember that my journal, The Daily Check-In, is also available to you. If you decide that you want a journal as well and you haven't been able to get your hands on it, I'd love to send you a copy. So just hit me in my DMs and say, girl, I haven't gotten your journal yet, but I want one. I'll send it to you.
Checking In with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. AT&T Connects, an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey and right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease